Hello and welcome to Out and About Imbalobians. I'm your host, Jeremy Barfer. As part of my job as Member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Malovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, it's a great pleasure to have Paula, who is the Head of Communication and Marketing for the Royal Botanic Gardens here in Edinburgh. Well, Paula, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to um, be with us uh, this morning. Um, how does someone end up being a communications person at the Botanic Gardens? My whole career has been based around communications. Um, and I started in media um, and marketing there and actually used to live in London for a time. Um, and really just telling the stories of organisations has really been my whole career. And so how long have you been here for? At, at, at the, the Botanic Garden, yeah. I've been at the Botanics now for just over 10 years. Um, and actually I've lived in Edinburgh for 25 years. Okay, so you're yeah. almost local. <laughs> I like to think <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so Royal Botanic Gardens is one of these things that everybody kind of thinks we know about. Um, a lot of us perhaps came here as kids or... But just tell us a wee bit about the history. How did we end up with these beautiful gardens right in the centre of a, a busy town? I mean, it is a national treasure. And I think the most wonderful thing about the garden is that everybody feels like they own it, which is just wonderful, which we all do. Um, and um, it's 350 years old. So in fact, um, in 2020, just before the pandemic hit, um, we were actually just celebrating our anniversary being 350 years old. Um, the history of the garden um, is immense and actually the locations, it, it, the garden actually started um, as a really small physic garden um, down by the um, House of Holyrood. Um, so um, all that time ago, it was a small medicinal garden. Um, it's been in a number of locations since then, and of course, um, arrived at um, Inverleith at the site here. But what's fascinating about the garden, I mean, I have worked here for 10 years, but I still keep learning about um, the work that goes on here at the garden. Um, it's just fascinating in terms of um, the science, the conservation um, and the education that um, is being taking place here. So for those that have never had the privilege of walking around the gardens, enjoying what we can see, just tell us a wee bit about, you know, what is it? You know, what, can, can you put it into words, explain a bit of what, what, what is it you experience when you come here? Well, I like to think of it as a museum of living plants. Um, you're right, um, a lot of us um, come to the garden literally just to walk and enjoy the nature. And absolutely, um, the green spaces in Edinburgh, you know, that's a vital part of, of how we live, that um, we can go to these wonderful green spaces um, in the city and um, just um, really feel the benefits of being in that green space. Um, but actually, our, the Botanic Garden just has an amazing collection um, of plants. And in fact, it's one of the richest um, plant collections in the whole of the world. Um, we've got stunning um, collection of rhododendrons, which are currently in bloom right now and will take us into early June. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the collection has, is 350 years old um, and has 
has been just, it's just part of Edinburgh's history. Which I can, so obviously we, you know, as a, as a local person, I see it as a, a place that you come and you walk and you, you enjoy the plants and you enjoy the trees. But there's something about conservation as well, though, which is interesting you said. So it's not just uh, entertainment, is it? It's more than that. That's right. And actually, my ro- the really big part of my role is telling those stories about conservation and science um, because it is all really fascinating. And um, what we're, we're doing conservation in over 40 countries worldwide, from Chile, Brazil, China, Nepal amazing work going on with botanists from the Royal Botanic Garden Edinburgh going out collaborating um, with groups there and actually doing amazing conservation work um, globally but we also um, are doing some amazing work in Scotland for conservation Um, that includes um, looking at um, the the, the biodiversity in the Atlantic forests of Scotland Um, and one of the challenges we have there is that actually the those amazing sort of forest and woodland areas in Scotland are quite small, um, so really we're looking at how we conserve those spaces. But also in the Cairngorms, um, there are a number of plants, including the alpine blue sow thistle, which you know is a real rarity. In fact, there are only four sites where that plant um, can actually be found in the wild. So what the garden is actually doing is um, creating other sites within the Cairngorms and we've actually been propagating and cultivating that rare species here at the garden so that we can take it back into the wild and put it into places where it's actually safe. Good. I think one of the things that the garden has uh, perhaps picked up on and um, people now understand is, is at Christmas you have your lights and your show. Again, just tell us, how did you get into that? And again, what, what experience? I mean, I've been here, I think, every year for the last, well, when you've been out to come for the last four or five, but just tell us, wh- what is the experience you get from coming when it's pitch black and cold? Yeah, I think it's a wonderful show. And I think what's lovely to see is that um, it is attracting some of the visitors are, are not necessarily those that would come to us in the daytime. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point with the show. But it is just um, a way of seeing the garden from a whole different perspective um, in the darkness. Um, last year, I would say, is probably the best year in terms of the installations of the show. Lots of sort of um, low energy LED lights creating these amazing sort of landscapes within the garden which were just, were just spectacular to see in the dark. Um, and there's a wonderful fire garden, which is quite meditative, which I think mm. will be coming back this year as well. And, and in fact, um, you know, we had over 90,000 visitors to the show last year. It was really successful. Um, but I think, if, despite the fact that we have so many visitors and it's so popular and, and that's wonderful, it still feels um, just um, really enchanting and magical when you walk through the route. Just um, in regard to how do you fund yourself? Because obviously, you know, you walk in here and you don't pay any money, but obviously you've got this, all this great work you're doing, you've got everything you set up. How, how can we, if we want to support the work, do that? What, how do you fundraise yourselves? So, yes, the, the Royal Botanic Garden Edinburgh is principally funded by the Scottish Government. Uh, we are a Scottish charity. 
um, and we are always looking to um, really fundraise in, in, in areas including um, our um, Edinburgh Biomes project which is our landmark development project which is currently underway at the garden um, which um, requires the restoration of our heritage glass houses. Um, so we look to generate income through our membership programme that's really important to us um, and we have a number of patrons as well um, and we have a whole fundraising department who are working all the time tirelessly um, to look at ways that we can generate income from the garden. But actually all I, I would say is that when people visit us and they come for lunch um, and they, they um, maybe come and visit us at, at Christmas at the Botanics, um, all of those things help to, to fund the important work that we do here at the garden. And actually, I was a best man here once at a wedding. It's a great place to have your wedding. Wonderful places for, for photos. And it, and it always shines. It's always sunny here at the Royal Botanics, as far as I'm remembering. Um, COVID is still within our memory, very much in our memory. I, I, I think you were one of the first kind of places to be able to reopen because of your location. And I, I know it became a really popular place for people just to maybe be able to walk and to people who maybe were struggling with loneliness, mental health issues. Just tell us about what was it like here during the pandemic, you know, within the gardens? Yeah, it was really challenging because, um, you know, a number of, well, most of the workforce had to suddenly work from home and we were obviously abiding by um, the Scottish Government guidelines. Um, we were really keen and, and to, to open the garden as soon as we possibly could. Um, but thinking about health and safety of staff and also for visitors. Um, so we quickly worked on those health and safety measures. And in fact, the garden was shut for just three months between March and June. So we opened again on the 1st of July, um, but we, we obviously had all of those measures in place. Um, and I think it really helped so many people to, to just be able to get out and come to the garden again. Um, so we were really delighted to be able to, to make this vital green space um, available to, to the residents of Edinburgh. Um, what I would say is that a huge amount of work went on online, so we kept our education programme going digitally and um, our community programme also continued with various workshops on Zoom and from composting I think to, to um, sowing seeds. Um, and so a lot of effort um, went on to um, looking at our digital offer and that has continued today. We, you know, we are doing some amazing education programmes online. Great, great. Looking to the future, you mentioned the, the glass houses uh, and I remember again as a kid on a cold winter, so it was the best place to go in the gardens was the kind of glass houses. But I think they've been developed, changed. Do you want to just tell us a bit about what that's going to look like in the near future and beyond that. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing development project. And so currently our, our, our glass houses are closed to the public and, and will be for a number of years, but it's a vital restoration programme. And in fact, um, we were in a situation where the, the collection that we have under glass was, was really endangered by gales and wind where glass would break and, and would, they would be exposed to climates um, that they're not used to. So uh, it's saving our collection. 
So in fact, um, with regards to the whole programme, uh, we have had um, generous funding, 58 million from Scottish Government and an additional 4 million recently from the National Lottery Heritage Fund, which um, you know, is fantastic. And um, at the moment, the, both of the palm houses um, are completely empty because we've decanted all the plants, um, uh, put them in safe places, um, and um, in fact, the whole area will, you know, the construction is due to start in summer. And when do you hope to have the work? Have you got a timescale for the time? When will we be able to get back into them again? I think we're hoping that um, the palm houses there will be some level of access, hopefully, around 2025, 2026. Great. And I think you're putting in a changing place toilet at the same time? Well, actually, we've um, been looking at putting the changing places toilet into the John Hope Gateway, um, which will enable us to hopefully do that quicker. Um, and that is currently in this sort of planning stage, um, which is really exciting. And I think that helps us in terms of the in, you know, being um, completely inclusive um, and enabling visitors to, to have that facility. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, as someone who, as you know, campaigns for that, um, I think that's a really good thing. And I think anything that makes this great place more, more accessible is, is good. And I know you have a lot of activities going on. You do children's work, you do educational work. Again, just tell us a wee bit about that, a wee bit about, you know, schools coming here. What, what, what do they learn when school trips come? Yeah, so our education programme is, is vast um, and it does range from, you know, an, an MSc programme with students um, that we run collaboratively with the University of Edinburgh um, to school trips coming in and we also do short courses for, for the general public as well. Um, and actually our online offer, as I, I was mentioning before, is superb, so people should have a look at the website um, rbg.org.uk and, and if they're interested in doing a course. But our education team have come up with some really new things. So for example, uh, we're going to be doing a, a holiday club over mm. the summer in July. So um, that's really interesting for children who are aged between 8 and 12 who can come and enjoy the garden um, sort of for a week with us. Um, and actually we've just launched a parent and baby group called Seedlings which is going to be on Friday morning where parents and, and their babies can come and just enjoy the garden and meet new people and sit and have a coffee and cake um, and, uh, and learn a little bit about the plants too. Great. Sadly our, our time is nearly gone but, but let me finish with the question I always like to finish with uh, and that is my uh, kind of warned. Uh, you, uh, you can have a magical wish, you can do something that would really help the organisation, help the gardens. Now, I appreciate it's difficult, so I always like to give one or two if you want to have one or two, but but, but what is it? What, what would make a big difference from your perspective? From my perspective, working in communications, I just want to tell all the stories, um, of which there are so many, um, about the botanics. And I think if we can inspire everybody to care about plants, then we can really bring about change. You know, we have got these huge challenges of climate change and biodiversity loss, um, and I think we can make change happen. Um, what I would say to um, people listening today is if they haven't uh, been to the garden recently, then please do come. No two visits are the same. 
Um, and if you've not discovered the botanics before, then please come and find out about us because I think you'll absolutely love it. Um, and really, if, if um, also if people are already engaged with us, think about supporting us as being a member. But I think for me, it's all about the learning more about what we do and just inspiring everybody listening today. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and absolutely echo everything that you said about coming to visit it. Thank you. Well, that was great to be able to talk to Paula to hear more about what the botanics are doing both here in Edinburgh but also further afield. And again, it's great to hear about how they're trying to be more accessible and more open to everybody that wants to visit them. So again, I would encourage you to head out to the gardens and experience it for yourself. Thank you for listening to this Out and About in Belovians and I look forward to catching up next time.